Welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From Wellington, New Zealand, I'm Dave Wood, and joining me from Devon, England, is Dave Knott. At the moment, Armchair is suffering, it seems like, because it's it's buried in, in the App Store search. And I, given general opinion on App Store search, and given my experience of App Store search, I almost feel like it's it's not recoverable. Um, I mean, to give you some context, uh, if you search for the phrase Kodi remote, I'm sort of showing up like item number 18, 19, 20. Wow. Okay. Which it, I mean, this is on obviously like the UK store. I'm not sure how it would be for others, but I'm guessing similar. Yep. Yeah. It's, and that's with, um, yeah, I think I've been a reasonably good citizen in terms of ASO, as in App Store optimization. Wherever I've got Kodi Remote in my title, it's in the subtitle, I've got it in all my tags, I've tried to drop it into my description wherever I can, I've got videos, I've got all my screenshots, I've graded for iPhone X as well. Um, I have an Apple Watch app as well, which you might think would bump me up as well. <laughs> because, you know, that kind of be an Apple's interest to promote apps that have apple watch apps as well so you're ticking like all the boxes i think so yeah unless i'm doing something really bad that i'm not realizing (laughs) that's like i'm getting (laughs) penalized for um so i started thinking would it be beneficial to kind of create um like an armchair 2 in the app store and then i've kind of got a fresh new app store listing as well to go along with it and that kind of draws a line on armchair where it currently is and then i can sort of push forward on this new version um and sort of continue from there and hopefully get the show back on the road because it is it's really killing me as it is where with search being where it is the only thing i can think of that might have really hurt me and i don't know if there's any data to support this theory is that i changed the title of my app when um the new app store stuff came in with ios 11 right um and, and and the idea was is that app titles could be shorter and you know you don't need to put loads of stuff in the title because you've now got the subtitle to kind of put more of a descriptive um thing about your app yeah um so whether just simply the change of that you know sort of like you've changed the name therefore you take a hit because changing the name of the app is frowned upon i don't know that that would seem a little bit weird but i could you know could believe that it's possible that it kind of resets something by doing that rather than a, a you know penalizing it'd be more like the situation where you know you you update a new version and, and you lost all of your used to lose all of your reviews yeah well, reviews reviews is another thing to think about as well because um i before i introduced my onboarding um, I used to get a lot of people leaving one-star reviews because they couldn't connect the app to Kodi. Um, right. And again, I, for the most part, for, for almost the entirety, I maintained that it wasn't the app's fault. It was because um, within Kodi, you need to flick some switches to make it possible for the app to connect, period. So if you don't flick those switches within your Kodi installation, it, it's just never going to work. Um, so I made an onboard onboarding process like a wizard to um, help people through that process to make it clear 
it will try and connect automatically if it can if it can't it'll be like right okay so here's what you need to do go and do this that and the other and then we'll have another go and if that fails um if it can't do it automatically by auto discovery it will show you a manual connection screen and for all the fields that you need it will show you where in Kodi you can find the information to punch into the app and get it connected gotcha so you hold their hand now yeah and the response to that's been really good um my reviews have been really good um which is great um but i i wonder whether to an extent the damage has been done with all the time up because i mean i only released this version what sort of november time so we're what barely three months in um so i wonder whether like all, all the one star reviews of the past where it's like rubbish app won't connect one star yeah I, I had quite a lot of those um even when I wrote to the people um, that got in touch with me via my support page um, and helped them out, it was still like, well, you've left a one-star review now, so that kind of sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. So I'm hearing this and I'm wondering, okay, if you're that far down the search listings, that also means that you've got a lot of competition in that space. Well, not really, because (laughs) this is another thing with App Store search. Like, yeah, fair enough. Some some of the listings above me are genuine Cody remotes, um, but then like there's random ones. Like there's a, there's a Kodak app that that will appear, and um, just like universal remote control apps that have got nothing to do with Cody, but you know, like maybe an app that might control allow like, you to move the cursor on your Mac, almost like use your phone like a touchpad, that kind of thing. Yeah, stuff that might have the word remote in the title. Um, it's kind of coming above, which again weakens my uh, expectations with what to expect from app store search because if it's and i think that kodak app last time i checked um which is something like how what you'd use to maybe like print off order prints of your photos yeah um i mean that was like position number six <laughs> right so, so you've got a bit of competition but you've also got a very badly optimized end of the app store itself, you've, you're kind of seeing some of the glitches in its its matrix here mm. a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, so what's the plan? Because to my mind, you're sort of saying, okay, you're you're going to pause armchair where it is, almost kind of mothball it, but it, it's it's kind of that is armchair right now. Um, let's let's take that and then fork it. I guess you're going to make it a, a project that that builds starts from armchair but it's essentially going to be reskinned yeah yeah i think i'll probably reskin it to a certain extent just to make it feel like it's just not the same thing um yeah and and when i say reskin i mean lightly reskin it because i'm happy with with the app for the most part i've got some ideas for it that i want to try out um a lot of which were going to require some significant time on my part to do so so I feel like I need to get it to a point where it's it's justifying that level of development. Yeah. Um, at the moment, Armchair where it is is fine. I'm, I think it's, it's a good app. Um, the feedback I've had is good. So I don't feel bad sort of leaving it where it is for now. In, yeah, the version that's in the App Store, if I just draw a line and be like, okay, well, that is what it is now, that's fine. So yeah, I think, like you say, fork what's there, create a second app in the App Store, Um so then the question is, do I call it like Armchair 2 or something, or do I just call it something way more generic um, in in the hope that I can App Store optimize around that? So 
do I do I call it like Cody Remote Pro or something like that? <laughs> so my my gut feel here is that yes, you should go if you're going to do this. You, you should go all out and go for the mercenary kind of App Store optimized name that that is just quite literally what it does. You know, Cody Remote in one way or another. Yeah, I mean there is already an app called Cody Remote which oddly enough looks really familiar or looks really similar to the official Kodi remote that is put out by Kodi. I don't know what's going on there, but it's got like, it's number two in the search rankings for Kodi remote when I look at it. Um, and the first result is obviously the official one. Um, and the second one's got like loads of reviews, like 900 odd reviews, which is quite a lot of reviews, I would say. It is. It's more than yes. I've ever had. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, I, I think possibly you might, you might have a point with that because it seems that that's number two with a load of reviews for probably a pretty good reason in that it's just called Cody Remote and that's what people tend to search for. So yeah, that, that's possibly possibly a way to go. Um, the next thing is paid or free or free with in-app purchase. Yeah, basically what business model do I choose? Yep. I'm leaning towards paid okay which is a little bit weird in one sense because you look at a lot of the Kodi remotes that are out there most of them are free albeit within that purchase in some cases but I think the um, yeah this, this maybe sounds weird as, as the developer saying it but I think my app is you know frankly a little bit better than the ones that are out there that's kind of why I made it because I wasn't wasn't happy with the ones that were out there in the first place um, I've got an Apple Watch app bundled in with it, um, so I think it's probably worth some money just as a, as an, an upfront payment. Yep. Which then opens up the conversation more about search ads as a way to potentially get that new version out there. Because I found when I was running search ads on the current version of Armchair, which is free with an in-app purchase, um, I couldn't make the numbers work. So I, I would be losing money on search ads, which I, I can't be affording to do. However, if it was paid, that might shift the equation somewhat. Um, to give you a little bit of background, uh, my other app, Space Readers, which is uh, like a help, helps kids learn to read app, uh, that is paid up front. And I do use search ads for that and they turn a profit. So I've kind of got a little inkling that maybe if I were to do the same with armchair and run search ads, hopefully it would work and turn a profit, but also that would potentially sort out any app store optimization problems anyway. Cause even if you're position number <laughs> one, now you're kind of position two anyway, if there's an ad above you. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to kind of try that out a little bit. Um, I may go free at the start in the hope that I can get a load of downloads and hopefully a load of reviews to kind of prop me up for when my sort of free promotional period ends. Because my fear yeah. is that if I was to go paid up front on day one, you'd probably get like two downloads or something because it costs money. <laughs> and then you'd like fall down the search rankings because Apple probably thinks, well, no one's done anything in this app because nobody seems to like it. Down it goes. And then I'm back to where I am now just with two apps in position 20. Um, yes. So I think maybe I'm going to need to do some kind of period of freeness uh, like a promo thing. And that also gives me a, a platform on which to promote the app, sort of like, hurry up, get it now, it's free, and then get a load of people out to hopefully be using it and 
leaving hopefully good reviews, which will stand me in good stead, I hope, for when it becomes a paid app. Yes. So I, I think you should totally do that, and I think you should do that with it being very obvious up front that it's a, a limited time offer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be devious about it, like make it free and then suddenly like, ha-ha, <laughs> just turn it on to, to being paid. No, it'll be, I'll be definitely upfront about that and try and promote it on that basis. Um, so, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's a plan. Um, but I feel like at the moment what I've got definitely isn't working. Um, so I kind of feel a little bit fearless about it. Almost like I've got not really much to lose. Um, Because we've kind of discussed my plan for this year is to start making more sort of game apps. Um, So I've kind of, I kind of feel like that's kind of where the the future is for me anyway this year. Um, Yeah. So yeah, like armchair as it is, isn't really working in terms of it being sustainable in the long run. So I kind of feel fearless about making changes because I need to change something. So it's not like I've, I've got something that's doing quite well and I'm thinking, well, you know, if I change it, it could ruin it all. It's like, well, it's kind of already ruined if I'm in position 20 on the app store, but what I can see is not really much of a good reason. Um, so, so you may as well give it a try and yeah. it, it kind of, to, to my mind, this sort of feels like um, the, the most drastic sort of AB test you could do. You know, you, you you are literally going to put another copy of the app side by side that is then potentially in competition with the original one. Yeah. Um, but if your numbers are where they are, then it's, it's really not going to be a damaging thing. And it either, you know, it's, it's sink or swim. And if it, if it swims, if it goes, then you can you know, quietly sunset armchair or do something. Where you know maybe maybe armchair becomes um, a light version of the app or something like that. Even you know you you could take that sort of direction if the paid app is doing well. Yeah, the only thing I would feel bad for there is the people that have unlocked the the version that's currently in the app store. So I'd need to do something there to to kind of I, I don't I basically don't want to give them an app that they paid for and then it locks it all down. Um, no unless it becomes like a super light version uh, by default and those that have unlocked it, it kind of unlocks to where it is now. Yep. Which if the code base is the same, you, you know, give or take, then it might not be that hard for you to sort of still keep the door open for those people. Yeah. Well, are you talking about the, the app that's already in the app store now? So yes. Yeah. So basically, I would kind of roll that back to be a super light version, and then in the settings somewhere have a restore purchase, and then that kind of brings it all back to life to the app that they it turns it back into the app that they paid for. That's what I want. I, yes. I, don't, I don't want to be kind of like screwing people over. Is essentially what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and, and what I'm saying is, if if the the code base is essentially you know the same, um, then that's that's probably within your power to sort of still keep that around. Yeah, yeah, I think it would be a case of yeah, just making it more restrictive before the in-app purchase, and I could even keep the in-app purchase around. Like even if that, um, or would I? Would that be beneficial or not? Probably. That's another question, I suppose, isn't it? Do I have the in-app purchase 
in the light version to unlock it or do I just not sell any more in-app purchases and just allow people that have bought to restore the ones from long ago if you're following yeah I think that's really going to depend on how how well the sort of pro version if you like is is doing as a paid up front app yeah um, and whether you know you think you can kind of bring people from the the free version to that version um, but if you're only talking you know tiny numbers still then on that side of things then that is probably not worth bothering to sort of have the unlock um, so I don't know I guess it, it depends on where, where your numbers are and depends on how things look sort of at that time um, I guess I'm just sort of thinking that um, if you see some success for doing this then you may have these sort of other options. Mm. Um, I, I, I would be interested to sort of see if um, if your optimization on the new app is really good and it's ranking really well, um, but then Armchair is still there and essentially shows up if they click through developers' other apps. Yeah. Um, would you see a sort of halo effect of people then sort of going, oh, I see this one that's number three or four, um, but I'm not going to spend that right now. And they click through. Will they give Armchair a try? If you see what I mean, they might might have this sort of like other other effect. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think that's probably the drop off's going to be quite high though, isn't it? Of those that actually do click through and then do see the next one and the next one. But yeah, you might have might have a point. There's a lot a lot lot to think about, but. Something, something I feel more comfortable about being paid up front, just in general. Um, I just wish we had free trials. If I had free trials, that would solve everything for me right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're going to get one sooner or later. I'm sure there's going to be like some kind of announcement that's going to put on free trials for just paid up front. It seems like it's the last, the last thing that we need, and then it's, it's kind of like there's there's ways to make money no matter what business model you choose. Yeah, and I think it would sort of stop people from kind of having to do uh, really sort of wriggly things to um, to sort of get free trials in, but they're not really. You know, they're like free free in-app purchases and that sort of thing. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather have a proper route for it than to have, you know, uh, try and do things sort of a hacky way. Yeah, it, it just seemed... I don't know. When I look at the app store through the eyes of a a consumer, so I'm not looking at it as a developer. I'm looking at it as a customer for a you know, potential buyer for apps. Whenever I see a free app, I'm kind of like, well, yeah, you say it's free, but... And then you see other ones where it's like, yeah, it's free, but then there's a subscription. So it's kind of like, I almost... I almost kind of feel glad when I see a paid app. It's like, yeah, actually, if I just pay them like $5 or £5 or whatever... Um, I'm, I'm I'm buying the app, and then they're going to leave me alone. Hopefully, <laughs> and then <laughs> I, yeah, that's, it kind of feels like a nicer way to do business. Um, I, although I'm sure most people probably don't think like this. Um, that's certainly how I feel about it. Um, I feel very similar. To be fair, if if I see something with a subscription, then it's like this extra level of friction. Yeah, because I sort of think, well, okay. I do want to use the app and I do want to support the developer, but I don't necessarily want to have to think about cancelling this if I'm not using it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Weren't you saying something the other day? Or um, what was it last night about um, features that unlock as your subscription and you know rolls over to another year or something like that? So there was a, a blog post I saw um, a few days ago where this the, the, this company has a Mac app, um, and what they've done with it is they've um, they've got this model where yeah you you pay an in-app purchase which is for the next 12 months worth of updates so you get the full app as it is now and then any new features that are added over the next 12 months you will also get those and then i believe 12 12 months time from now uh if you don't buy the in-app purchase again then you you're left with the app and that, that 12 months of features okay so essentially, you just don't get any of the new stuff if you don't keep paying. So if you let your subscription lapse, you don't don't get the new sort of next year's worth of features. Yes. Huh. Um, which sort of makes it a little bit closer to an annual upgrade. It does feel like that, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like whenever like macOS used to come out of a new version, you'd go and pay your money and get the new new version. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose it's a way to ensure that subscriptions like hang around. But I think I think the biggest problem that I think about when I think about subscriptions is that I'm not sure, like for a lot of apps, that I care enough about them to warrant subscribing. You see, to me, subscribing is more of a, a decision than an initial purchase of like three or four pounds, because subscription kind of means that you're committing to it and you're going to pay on a regular basis for it because presumably you're really into it. Um, yeah. Whereas if you just, like, I downloaded an, an AeroPress timer app the other day and it cost me, like, £4. Um, and it was, like, a total impulse thing. Um, but that's fine because it's £4 once. Um, but if they said, all oh, right, now you need to subscribe to get, like, you know, different coffee recipes every month and then this than that i'd be like well i'm not sure i really care that much like it was a nice idea for a couple of minutes but like <laughs> in, in the scheme <laughs> of things it's like yeah I, you know life will carry on without this app yeah and then it becomes for me it becomes a friction point where i kind of go do you know what i just won't won't have anything then yeah exactly i, I ask subscriptions force me to ask myself how badly do i want this and quite often the cases will not really that much i don't really want it that badly it, it's yeah it's a nice idea um, if you were to say to me, just give me like three or four dollars now and we'll, you know, we'll call it even. I'll be like, yeah, sure. Have three or four dollars. I'm happy to support you. It looks like a good app. Have some money. Um, but when it's like, when it turns into this like thing, this subscription thing, I, I don't know. There's very few apps that I would consider it. If, if Twitter came out and said, you need to subscribe to use Twitter on the iPhone, I'd be like, well, sure. Of course I will, because I really want to use it. Well, I'd probably move to a third-party Twitter client, but <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, apps that I use very, very frequently, um, I, I would do it. But when it when it comes to like a random like app in the app store that you know I can live without, it's got to be really, really compelling for me for the subscription thing to work. Now, very, very similar because yeah, for me, it's it's just too much of a commitment. Um, it's that kind of well. And as well, I have the other thing of I have a joint bank account 
and um yeah we do we do our budgets and accounts together as a family and i may want that app right now and i may want to give it a try and i may want to support the developer and a one-off purchase is great you know because it is it's just that thing of oh yes i bought an app cool but if it ticks over in a month's time or if it's a six-month one or whatever and it's like okay but why are you still paying for that app and that then becomes a conversation that that we have to have at a, a family budgeting level because the amount being paid out to Apple is different than it should be. Um, and a subscription kind of becomes this sort of unaccounted for um, balance that, that is ticking away each month, um, which, you know, for something that I'm genuinely using a lot and, and, and a lot of is, is not a problem. You know, it's that's that's not the case. It's not a case of, of not spending money on these things or supporting the things that I use. It's just that it has to be something that I'm really getting a lot of value out of to, in order to sort for it to be on the family budget every month. Um, whereas like you say, something that's, that's a sort of nominal fee um, is easier to just say, yep, I bought an app. I've got that. Um, and, you know, family sharing means everybody else gets it as well. So bonus. Um, but, yeah, so I, I find myself increasingly dubious about subscription models as sort of really working. Uh, certainly not in all, all circumstances. I think there are uh, yeah, a lot of different types of customer. And I guess I'm, I'm, I'm just personally one of the ones that uh, doesn't really like that sort of model. Yeah, I mean, when I think about subscriptions, like, properly, when would I really consider a subscription? It would be, like, if, say, Final Cut were to come out and say, if you pay, oh, I don't know, $40 a year, you can have Final Cut. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I'll go for that, because at the moment it's, say, I don't know what it is, $400 to buy it. I'd be like, yeah, I'll pay 40 a year and get it. Because that, that represents value. Yeah. And it means that when you sit down to edit a video, you're using pretty much the best software that, that you could be using. The best thing for the job, yeah. Um, but when, when it comes to, I, I, I don't know, something like, I'd even like use Overcast as an example. I love Overcast. It's really good. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I can use something else. <laughs> I don't know. I don't need to buy a subscription <laughs> to that. Not really. Um, no. I suppose it does the voice boost and the silent shortening, but then there's a part of me that the purist that doesn't like it because I'm not listening to it as the podcaster designed it. Uh, anyway, so aside from that, I don't know. I just, I just feel like it, it's not really enough of an app to warrant a subscription. Like I'll happily sort of, you know, chuck a developer, you know, five bucks for, for something. That's not a problem. But a subscription, it's like, ugh, I don't know. Like, if I do this for all of my apps, it's instantly not really sustainable. No. No, whereas upgrade pricing would, to my mind, actually be much more appropriate. So I'd be happy to sort of say, okay, um, there's, there's using Overcast as an, as an example. If I had to pay... 
um, an upgrade price for every major version. Um, but otherwise, I'm left with the one that I'd bought previously. Um, I'd be happy with that because, you know, the chances are that's still going to be able to, to run on my device for, you know, quite a while until, for whatever reason, it's no longer supported by, by the latest OS. Um, and then it's my choice when to upgrade it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm stuck with this, this, this older version that's potentially going crafty and you know, may have one or two issues, but, you know, as long as it basically still, still keeps working, then I, it's up to me when I want to switch over. I, I'm not going to begrudge paying for the upgrade price at the time that I either really have to upgrade um, or, you know, at a time where I'm like, okay, I want to try version four. There's there's something over there that that uh, I now want to be able to do. So do you know what? Here's my nominal fee again to to upgrade. Um, yeah, I, I think it's about a, a level of um, of kind of control. So it's about choosing when I make that purchase and choosing when when that money sort of comes out. Whereas the subscription really doesn't give you that control at all. It's almost like it relies on people impulsing into it and then forgetting about it. Yes. And I, I don't really like that. That makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. Um, yeah, it's um, it, it doesn't really breed um, kind of trust and loyalty. No. Um, when, it, when it's done that way, whereas I think a subscription should kind of be, be all about the fact that you really trust and, and, and love the thing you're subscribing to. And it's almost like this is, this, the subscription in itself should yield value for the user. Yes. It's like you are getting something. And and if you read the Apple Store guidelines, it's like, you know, you can have a subscription, but you need to be providing regular value or regular updates that, you know, are valuable updates regularly. You can't just have a subscription and just be like, now I have money for life and I'll just keep the same app in the App Store indefinitely. <laughs> um, and I suppose you could say, well, I've updated this and I've updated that. But it's like, yeah, but is, it, is that really like value? I, I don't know. No, no, it, it is development effort that, that, if you use the application, you should be sort of being being prepared to pay towards. But like I say, I, I feel like upgrade pricing really is the, the model that reflects the behavior. Um, certainly for me, it's, it's, it's the model that gives me back control as a customer as to when I kind of want to buy into that and reward that development, if you like, mm. um, whereas subs subscriptions, they take away that level of control. Um, but hey, it, at the moment we don't have that as developers to use. Um, I hope that we do. I hope that's something that 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 is forthcoming over this next year. Um, and I think as as developers ourselves, I guess we just have to look at the the types of business models that we really want to run for our apps from a a perspective in terms of how we want to be remunerated and also in terms of how we would like to treat our customers and, and be treated ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, so for, for me with, with my own applications, I have done paid up front and I'm not sure if that's always working as well as it might do, but um, it's been a, a much easier kind of thing to, to do certainly for the video mixing app where it's, it's a niche product and, people in that niche are going to be more likely to pay up front anyway. Um, so that's just been easier to do, I guess. But I've also felt more comfortable with it. It's it's 
not really the sort of application where I could have a sort of subscription model in there. No, I don't. I don't think a subscription would be right for for armchair. To be quite honest, just the only way I could get away with it is if I just like really went at it and kept developing new features. Um, but then part of my plan is to sort of move on to other other new apps. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable doing that if my intention is to kind of get it to a point and leg it essentially. And that's the other side of it, though, is that there, there's a limit. You know, like if if you keep bolting on features for the sake of of being something that's meeting the sort of definitions and requirements of being a subscribable app you know it does this now it's got this now well there is a limit some apps they don't need lots and lots of features they just need to do what they do very well part of me thinks that whole thing that whole spiel from apple is is like almost where it says you can't have um the devices in screenshots but everyone does it anyway, and no one really cares. <laughs> yeah, but, but then that just sort of feels like, well, that's that's kind of the, the market sort of leveling itself out at the moment. And, and you know, people people are doing, they're doing what works and then kind of finding out where, where the line is drawn sort of really by Apple, mm. um, I guess. And, and, and I, I think... You know, maybe maybe that is actually sort of fueled towards proper upgrade pricing and, and that end of things because if if people are kind of doing this by default but it's not really meeting what a subscription is, then I could imagine Apple maybe taking a look at that and sort of thinking, well, either this is how subscriptions work or we need to do this other thing and that other thing is actually, you know, whether they call it upgrade pricing or not is another thing. You know, they might choose to... to market it in some other other fashion give it some other sort of name but you know may, maybe the behavior with subscriptions and, and those guidelines not really being followed all the time um would actually lead them towards bringing in that sort of thing bringing in upgrades yeah you might be right yeah. hope so i hope might just be it. being hopeful no, I, I really <laughs> hope i really hope we can get some free trials and upgrade pricing and then that's like app store fixed as far as i'm concerned yep um, and I think that that would be fantastic preparation for sort of um, unification between iOS and macOS apps and that side of things too. Yeah, I think that would lend it lend into Marzipan really, really well. Because like we were saying last week, if you were to look at it, we looked at it at the point of view that um, you know iOS apps can come to the Mac. It's like, oh, actually, no, maybe the Mac can push iOS forward. It's, yep. It'd be really quite cool if if that were the case that you could maybe get some pretty hardcore apps on iOS, but then, you know, chances are the developers are going to want to get to be paid more and maybe free trials would be sort of made necessary by that to facilitate it. Yeah. So in a way Certainly it could for be, iPad apps. Yeah. Oh, definitely for iPad apps. Yeah. Definitely for iPad apps. Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast, and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? 
Um, you can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com. Again, that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? Yeah, you can find my remote control for Cody at armchair-remote.com, my latest app to help kids learn to read. You can find it at spacereaders.com and on Twitter, I'm at underscore Dave Knott.